At the vigil for my father's funeral a few years back, my sister shared a story about my dad that I hadn't heard before. My sister was in middle school, and my dad was driving her home from some activity, and as my dad often did, he was listening to a radio show about taxes. I should note that my dad was a tax accountant, so he was pretty into tax-related things. And as they were driving, the, ho the host, the radio host, was taking live Q&A. But the host got stumped by a particularly difficult question. And so my dad picks up his phone, and this is while driving a manual transmission car, mind you, and he calls in, and he proceeds to cite from memory, while driving, chapter and verse of the particular part of the tax code that answered the question. I tell this story for two reasons. One, because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and two, because it illustrates a point. See, my dad knew his stuff. He knew the tax code. He followed the tax code. But he didn't have a relationship with the tax code. He had a relationship with my mom. He had a relationship with us kids. He had a relationship with Jesus, but he didn't have a relationship with the tax code. Now, he was a really good tax accountant. He knew everything written about the tax code. He followed all the directions about the tax code. But once again, he did not have a relationship with the tax code. Why not? Well, the tax code is not a person. Who is the Jesus that we follow? Is he just a set of rules, just a set of writings or instructions? Is he just a divine tax code? No, we follow a living God, a God who is a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I want this gospel today, this story of Peter, to renew our understanding of what it means to be in a relationship with a living God. So we're going to take a step back, back before the story we hear today, to the story of Peter's call in Luke chapter 5. You might recall the scene. The crowds are gathered by the sea, so many that Jesus has to get into this boat of a fisherman who's there washing his nets. And all these people are there to see Jesus. Well, all of them except one, Peter. Peter was just there trying to finish up from a hard night of fishing. And... He wanted probably nothing less than for this random rabbi to be making a lot of ruckus. But have you ever thought about why Jesus was there? Sure, he was preaching to the crowd, but I think, I wager, Jesus was there because he knew Peter was going to be there. Jesus was there because he needed to have a conversation with Peter, because he wanted to encounter Peter. And you recall how the story goes. Peter begrudgingly lets Jesus into his boat and then begrudgingly again lets this fisherman, lets this uh, preacher give him some advice about fishing. But then that miraculous catch of fish happens and Peter is cut to the heart. Lord, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Peter realizes this man who stepped into my boat, he's so much more than I thought he was. I am not worthy. But here's the thing, Jesus, Jesus knew exactly whose boat he was getting into that day. Jesus knew better than Peter did his sins, his failings, 
even that Peter would one day deny him. But Jesus still got into his boat. Jesus still delighted to get into Peter's boat that day. And he does the same thing with us. He's the one who seeks us out. Jesus is the one who initiates relationship with us. He knows what kind of sinners we are, but he still delights to get into our boat. He still delights to step into our lives. Those experiences, when we encounter the Lord's love, when we encounter the Lord stepping into our heart, into our life, those experiences are amazing. Maybe you've had that experience years ago, weeks ago, days ago. And those moments, they are powerful. When the Lord is just giving us his love, his mercy, and we're just receiving, just receiving all that he has. But then there's also moments in our lives like this gospel we hear today, where Peter, we notice again, finds himself in a boat. But something has changed. Jesus isn't in the boat anymore. Jesus is on the waves. And this is something new, something Peter hasn't seen before. And how does he respond? How would, how would we have responded? Like, if we look at Peter's request, what he says, I think it is absolutely ludicrous. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the waters? Who would say that? I, I wouldn't. I mean, I've been, on, I've been on boats on stormy days, and I am staying on the boat. But Peter had a deeper realization than just his own self-preservation. He realized that if Jesus is on the waves, then that is where I want to be. And if Jesus wants me on the waves with him, then I'll get out on those waves. Peter realized that the boat wasn't actually the right place to be anymore. See, Jesus had stepped onto his boat. He had stepped into his life. But then he had called Peter to follow him. Peter had left behind his nets. He had left behind his boat, and he was meant to be where Jesus was. The place that he had first met Jesus wasn't the place he was meant to stay. Jesus had gotten into his boat, but he didn't call him to stay there. And this is a critical moment in our own relationship with the Lord. Part of what makes it a relationship with the living God. That sometimes, at some moments in our lives, we're prompted by grace to ask a question of the Lord that, that we aren't sure if we want the answer to. Lord, are you calling me to be a priest? Are you calling me to be a missionary? Are you calling me to go to that school or take this job or to start this ministry or to volunteer for that thing or to have another child? Are you calling me to step out of the boat? And this is particularly difficult when the question seems to fly in the face of all worldly logic. But worldly logic is not the same as the logic of love, as the logic of God. A tax code doesn't ask us to trust. A tax code doesn't ask us to have faith in it. But the living God does. But our living God does. And so Peter asks that question, makes that request that flies in the face of all logic, and Jesus looks him in the eyes and says, come, come. 
And Peter is faced with the choice. Christ has said, come. Will I come? I've asked, and he has answered, will I follow? Will I trust? I would have been hoping Jesus said, chill in the boat. Don't worry, I'll be there soon to deal with the waves. But no, the Lord looked at him and loved him, and he said to him, come. Will you step out of the boat? This takes real faith and courage because it's comfortable in the boat. And I mean, all of the other apostles are in the boat, so be in pretty good company if you stayed, right? But Jesus has called you to himself, and he is on the waves. And so Peter steps out of the boat and notice something. The wind and the waves don't die down yet. With this step out of the boat, notice the opposition that comes. The wind, the waves seem stronger, seem bigger. It is not an easy walk for Peter towards Jesus on the waves. But what is the key? Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. When we say yes to what Christ has called us to, when we take that step out of the boat, Opposition should not surprise us. An increase in temptation, discouraging thoughts, people popping up voicing objections. But who are we looking at? Who is our faith in? As far as I know, friends, none of us can walk on water on our own. None of us can make this walk of faith on our own. It is only in Jesus It is only in our faith in him. And yes, Peter does take a few steps and then fall. But to his credit, he knows exactly what to do, exactly what we should do in moments like that. He cries out immediately, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus is there. Don't don't rag on St. Peter. Don't rag on your brothers and sisters when, when we fall. I'm I'm always more impressed that Peter made it as far as he did. And then I want you just to imagine the moment. To put yourself in the scene on the water after Jesus had lifted up Peter out of the waves and they're standing there arm in arm. That this moment of Peter's faith, of his moment of stepping out, led to this moment of profound intimacy between Jesus and Peter. This moment where they're there as brothers on the waves, the wind and the the waves howling. I'm sure this is a moment that Peter never forgot. As he faced persecutions and hardships, bringing the gospel all the way to Rome, I don't think he ever forgot how it felt to be arm in arm with the Lord on those waves. Because yes, he was going to face hardships, persecutions, The waves in his life were still there. But he had nothing to fear because he was with the Lord. But what if he had stayed on the boat? What if he hadn't boldly asked? What if he hadn't stepped out in faith? A little story. This past week, I was out near Seattle, Washington, helping to run the very first week of a brand new Catholic summer camp for middle school boys. And it was a step in faith for me, and the Lord really showed up. But one story, 
of, of something that happened at the camp. One of the high schoolers who was in a supporting role on staff, his name is Emilio, and he was a big athletic kid, great heart of service, but he came into camp really struggling in his faith. On the second to last day of camp, we were playing a big camp-wide game, and everyone was running around, and Emilio and another kid collided. And Emilio got his nose busted, blood everywhere. We had to pause the game. Everybody saw it happen. But then the next day, at our final time of prayer in the morning, one of the counselors who had gone through the Encounter School of Ministry, he took a step in faith, and he prayed with Emilio. And Emilio's nose was healed. And then Emilio got up and testified. And some other campers who had no idea before this moment that Jesus could heal, they came forward for prayer. And one, one middle schooler had his ankle healed. Another counselor had his legs healed. Another kid had his thumb healed. The Lord showed up. But all because that one counselor was willing to take a step in faith. Never underestimate the impact that God can have through you if you are willing to say yes. If you are willing to step out of the boat onto the waves. Because that's part of what it means to follow a living God. That our relationship with him isn't static. It isn't just a tax code or a set of rules. But that the Lord in these moments and in these ways can call us to trust and to love and to take that next step. And these are moments that can define and reshape our own lives and the lives of so many. It's part of the great joy and adventure of following a living God, a good God, a loving God, a God who meets us where we are, who seeks us out, who gets into our boat when we are least expecting it and least feel like we deserve it, but who doesn't call us to remain there. Lord, if it is you, Call me to come to you on the waters. Are we willing to say that to the Lord? Are we willing to give him permission to call us to a life of radical trust? To step out into the wind and the waves? Because yes, the boat is comfortable. Yes, the boat makes sense. But if the Lord is on the waves. And yes, everybody else might be in the boat. But if the Lord is on the waves. And yes, those, those wind and waves, they look fierce and strong and dangerous. But if the Lord is on the waves, then let us see the look of love in our Lord's eyes as he says to us, come. As he says, my son, my daughter, come. And let us fix our eyes on him and step out of the boat.